Well, we're looking today at uh, another, we're in a series of five at the moment, this is number four, uh, looking at our core values as a church family, a church community, uh, the core values of uh, Portswood Church. Um, and, and these core values are, are important because they're, they're really part of our identity. We, you know, the, the idea is like the stick of rock, you know, that's a stick of rock up there, it's got if you can tell, it's got South End on Sea written on it. Don't know whether there's anyone here from South End on Sea. Is there? No? I went there once when I was a little boy. It's got the longest pier in the world, I think. Is that right? Some of you been there? Anyway, that's not relevant for now. But anyway, that's, uh, that's uh, what it is. And the thing about the rock is it says wherever you break it, you still see that it's from South End on Sea. And uh, the idea is really that our, our core values for well, any group of people, a church is no exception, is the idea is wherever you snap it or, or you know, whatever bit of it you look at, the, these kind of values should still be there. You should be able to kind of taste them. You know, whatever part of the church's uh, life and activity, it's kind of flavored by, by these, uh, these values. So today we're thinking about this core value that we have of caring for one another, and it fits in really well with uh, Adoption Sunday, which we're also kind of um, bearing in mind. I'm going to say celebrate or participating in uh, today. So I'm going to look at a passage from the New Testament that helps us get our idea, uh, ideas into kind of shape, that we want to be shaped by God's Word. So we're looking at Galatians chapter 5, which in our brand spanking new Bibles is on page uh, 1172. Page 1172. I'm not going to look in detail at all of this, but, but uh, it'll be a good place for our, to anchor our, our thinking uh, together. And just while we're just there uh, with our Bibles open, let's just pray for a moment or two. Father, we thank you that we have that uh, assurance that we belong with you, that you can bring us home to God. And we thank you for that song we've sung that just reminds us of our security. We, we again want to thank you for that, that you've done that for us. And we pray that we may live that out, whether it's with uh, children that need fostering or adopting or supporting others or just in our life together, Lord, we want to be people who live like we're at home with you and therefore can make others at home with us. So, Lord, help us as we look at this passage together now. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read it. Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For for each one should carry their own load. Well, we won't look at all those verses, but there's some important truth in there that helps us in this uh, coming to understand and, and how we kind of live as those who care for one another. This is a letter to a Christian community, a church in Galatia, part of uh, uh, Turkey today, uh, who uh, were kind of fairly new in their faith. And the person who started the church, uh, the, the Apostle Paul, or St. Paul as he's sometimes called, is writing this letter to this new church to, to help them. They've got into a bit of trouble, um, and he's trying to get them back to what's most important. And what's most important throughout this whole book is Jesus and what he's done for them. See, Paul has been helping them to see, as we see in that very first verse that we read, that Jesus has set them free to know God. Through Jesus, they've come home to God uh, and, and are kind of accepted by him. And some of them had been Jewish people before, and, and others hadn't. And uh, some people were coming into the church and saying, well, actually, you need a bit more than just Jesus to be accepted by God. You need to do all this stuff. And Paul's written this letter saying, no, Jesus is enough. And I want to get them back. He wants to get them back um, on, on that track. And towards the end of the letter, he starts to paint this picture of how that freedom that Jesus has given them, as we, we read about in the verse, first we read, verse 13, you're free, but you're free to, to serve one another humbly in love. They're, they're, they're to express their kind of community together. And, and this core value, that's where this core value of caring for one another comes from. And there's a simple idea, isn't there, in chapter uh, 6, verse uh, 2. Carry each other's burdens. Caring for one another means carrying each other's burdens. It's a simple idea. It's a straightforward kind of picture, isn't it? Somebody's loaded down. They've got so many burdens that I know you see. It almost kind of hides them. Uh, and, you know, they, they need someone else to, to, to help them or to carry those burdens. Sometimes the burdens can be actually quite overwhelming, can't they? I don't know. I've had that picture for years. And uh, I'm sure I've been there. I don't look like somewhere I've been. But uh, do you feel like the donkey sometimes? The, the burdens are just, just, whether that's real or how they did that, I don't know. But I think it says it all sometimes for us, doesn't it? Here's a, a burden that is, is hard to bear, and so we share them. We share these burdens. Now that tells us two quite important things right from the beginning. The first one is this, that it's okay to have burdens. You know, it's not some great shame. You're not some useless person if you feel that you've got burdens that are hard to carry. 
That's the first thing. Simple thing, but it's obvious, isn't it? And, and in, in many, it's not our fault. It may not be your fault that you're carrying these burdens as you carry them for all kinds of reasons. That's one important thing. The other important thing is this. It's okay to let others help us to carry them. That can be quite hard. It's all right if we share burdens with other people. And it's okay to share burdens with people. That's the way it is. How, so how can that work out in a community of people with Jesus at the center? So what kind of burdens do we face? Talk to somebody next door to you. I'm not going to get you to feedback uh, if you like. Just for a few minutes. If not, sit quietly. Well, no, just for one minute because we're a bit short of time today. So what kind of burdens do you... You don't have to be your burdens, or you can be if you want. Is it that you think people... The kind of burdens... What kind of burdens do you think are in mind here or in your... Oh, no, go on. One minute. I'll start counting now. You've had five seconds. Okay, so how'd you get on? I don't know what you made of that, whether you came up with anything. I won't do any um, uh, feedback. You can stop talking now, by the way. <laughs> Great, okay. It's, uh, won't, we won't do feedback or, you know, pointless. I'd love to try pointless, you know, things like this. How many people said this? I thought of some categories of burdens that you may have come up with. There are things like burdens of circumstances, just the things about life, the, the age and stage you're at, you know, the demands on you. It could be health could be uh, your kids or it could be your parents or you know you know the fact that you're the relationship you're in or, or whatever these are burdens that just come out of our everyday normal circumstances that's one kind of burdens that we face but and did you come up with some of those is that what some of you shared i don't know anyway there's another something i call kind of burdens of of inner kind of trouble things that are, are more kind of internal to you as a person and these are the kind of the wounds that we, we perhaps receive from other people. Things that, you know, that affect our emotional health. Things like hurts and uh, things that we've been through. Perhaps things like loneliness. Some of the things that we saw the kids uh, who come out of care face. These kind of inner troubles that we have. Sometimes these are little things, but they can be very significant. And we can help one another in some of these little things. Uh, I've spoken to a number of people, actually. So if, I, if this is you, don't worry. There's others have said this to me. Actually, one of the most difficult things for some people is just coming into church and knowing that I don't know who I'm going to sit next to. Coming in on my own can be very difficult. It's a, it's a little thing, but it's a real burden. And we could maybe help one another by, you know, see someone like that, come and sit by me. That kind of idea. So there's those inner trouble type things. But then there's what I'm calling burdens of spiritual trouble. These are things like doubts and, and questions and things that we don't understand or times when we've failed, times when we've been through temptation and, and it's not been great because we've given into it. Things like guilt, disappointment with God. Oh, loads of things can come in and become kind of spiritually troubling. And sometimes these things are hard to carry and we need help. We need help from one another to carry them. And so at Portswood, we've just got this um, a caring and belonging team. Um, these are people that aim to 
to support or to, to kind of facilitate this kind of sharing of burdens across the fellowship. I'm just going to say three things about them. First of all, they, they, they aim, this is what they aim to do, and, and on the whole, I think we are, we try, God's, with God's help, to be prayerful. So you'll see on, sometimes on the notice sheet, if you want something prayed for confidentially with a group, not with, or by a group of people who meet every month and pray their socks off for people in particular need, then that team do that. They're prayerful about that and confidential in that. We also aim to be practical. Some of you have had children and you know that, you know, you get meals when, when you have a baby. Uh, and that's kind of organized by someone within that team. And there are lots of practical things that we can do when people need help or people are finding uh, events kind of take, overtake them in loss or illness or sadness or sickness. That's the same as illness, isn't it? But anyway, the third thing they want to do is to be proactive. So they don't do it all for everybody. We as a team want to get others involved as well. So there are things like marriage prep that uh, uh, Martin and Wendy do and others are involved in. There's a parenting course. There's lots of kind of practical things like that. And, of course, there's house groups. You know, and often if we're aware that, it, that there's a need, then a, a house group can, can be a great place to care for you if you're in one. It's a good reason for being part of one. So that's kind of what we're trying to do to help one another. If you want to know more, then there's, again, I'll put in mind, there's a display afterwards. That doesn't mean that they're going to come to this. But out, out in the uh, kind of foyer, there's a little board and there's a, People, uh, there's pictures of people, so the elders are part of it and the staff are part of it in different ways and the prayer, uh, the team. So find out about it there. So, yeah, so it's not a display. They're not handing out little samples that you can try, a little bit of pastoral care there, but it's just to find out who's who. But we're supposed to carry uh, each other's burdens, aren't we? We're not there to, to, to pile them on one person i've lost a picture that's a pity but never mind better really this is a picture can you see that this is by um a lady called annie valotten who illustrated the good news bible she's dead now she died a few years ago but that was how she illustrated this verse see what it is it's everyone's got a burden and everyone else is helping everyone to bear it and and that's the kind of model that's what we would love to see as well that something we can all do for one another, with one another. Well, it all sounds very good, doesn't it? All sounds marvelous. <laughs> but it's not easy. There's a challenge of it. I don't know whether you can read, probably can't read the slogan. The slogan says, Do I get bonus points if I look like I care? Uh, so if you know the story, the character is House from the TV series, who is, uh, if ever there was someone who doesn't care, it's House. So the challenge, it can be a real challenge to care for one another. Especially it's a challenge if we're all supposed to be caring, if we're all supposed to be part of it, then there really is nowhere to hide, is there? And this passage is very open about this because the Bible is a realistic book. And it gets to the heart in the verses that we read of why it's so difficult sometimes for us to care for one another. Why it's so hard for me as a person who sometimes, you know, feels like house. Do I get bonus points if I look like I care? 
It's hard work. It's not easy. Now, why is that? Why is it difficult for us? Well, it says here in these verses that it's partly to do with the way we see ourselves. Chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, there's a real temptation for us as people to be conceited. And that means that we become preoccupied with ourselves. And that comes out, this verse says, in two ways. We either, because we're so preoccupied with ourselves, you know, we could be very sure of ourselves or very unsure of ourselves, as it says in these verses. We can either provoke one another. In other words, you know, it's all about me, so I'm going to you know, challenge anyone to be better than me at anything. So there's that kind of thing, you know, uh, and we start provoking, you know, trying to, it's the kind of alpha male or alpha female, for that matter, kind of idea of who's top dog kind of thing. Or there's the opposite, it says, we either provoke, and that really destroys relationships. If everyone's competing to be the best, that doesn't help relationships anywhere. But the other side, if I think I'm useless, then what do I do? I envy people. And that's not very good for relationships either. You think, oh, I'm no good at this. Oh, I'll never be like so-and-so. I'll never be on the pastoral care team. You know, I'm, I'm more like house and so on. I'm just useless. And, oh, you know, why hasn't God, you know, if only God had done this and given me that blah, 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 blah. And, and that just kind of corrodes. There's more about that in chapter 6, verse 3 as well. Look there. He's saying, look, you shouldn't think um, you're something when you're not. Because if you do, you're deceiving yourselves. And that's where we think it's below us. It's below me to care for that person. That person can't cope. (laughs) Well, that's their problem. Why should I care for them? What's the matter with them? Why can't they be strong like me? I did it. I've done it. I brought up my family of seven and a half children on my own. So why can't that person bring up one toddler on their own? That kind of idea. Again, it's all about, all about us, isn't it? Paul says this is a mindset in chapter 4 that says it's for others to do. Why can't someone else do that? It's not for me to do. It's for someone else. And chapter, uh, verse 4 there is saying that actually we, I won't go into it. I haven't got time. But there's this picture in, the thing, in, that, in that verse of, of someone kind of needing to, to, to just kind of be realistic about themselves because there's an implied fact that we're all responsible to God. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. What does God want us to do? He says, then you, then you can take pride in your own work. That doesn't mean you're proud of it, but it means that you're responsible for what you do. So whether you're a disciple or a brother and sister, you're a fellow traveler on the road, then if God has given you the opportunity to care for someone, then you do it basically, is what he's saying. And he's saying, uh, because in that way, we each have to carry our own pack, our own load. See that in verse 5? Each one should carry their own load. That's a different word to burdens. The word load there is the word that a a soldier had a day pack, and that was what it was. And and what Paul is saying is that me me as a disciple, God has given me the opportunity to care for someone. I'm going to do it if I need to. And that's part of what God's given me to carry. It is carryable. It's possible. 
The burdens that we need to share are ones that are overwhelming. The person can't carry it on their own. They need others to help them. So Paul is saying we need to carry our own load of responsibility to God as a servant, a son, daughter, child, fellow disciple, helping others. That's the kind of picture. Uh, I hope you kind of get that. And that's how it's got to be. But why is it a challenge? Well, here we need to look into chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. That makes it pretty clear. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with, with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Or actually, it can be translated, you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're under the law. You're not under the law, rather. And what is Paul is saying here, what the Bible is saying, is there's a tension inside each of us as believers. There's something called the flesh, and we'll talk about that briefly in a moment, that desires things that are contrary against what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, wants. That's what Paul's talking about, the Holy Spirit, the life of God in us as believers. This life that God gives us when we turn to Christ, when we're born with his new life from above. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, in us as believers, working in our personalities. But we are still fallen people. And there's a pullback. Because we're fallen people, there's this pullback to the old way. The old way of living, the old way of thinking, the old way of wanting. And that old way is what is called here the flesh. In the old NIV, it was translated sinful nature. So you see what there is? There's like this tension in every believer. Because what we were without God and what we can be if we don't say no to it kind of pulls us in the other direction to the Holy Spirit. So we can be pulled in two directions. We can go back to the old way or onwards into God's life for us. And there are behaviors and there are attitudes. There are characteristics associated with the old way. And there's a a really kind of Halloween-esque type list there in verse uh, 19 and 20. All the acts of the flesh. These are the old way. These are the things that we should be leaving behind us as believers. And that's the pull of the old way. And then in verse 22, there's the fruit of the Spirit, these new characteristics that the Holy Spirit is growing in us as believers. And that's why it's not easy always to care. Because I've got this old way that's pulling me back, you know, to be like a house. Greg, I'm trying to think, Gregory House, that's his name, isn't it? The doctor, the grumpy old person who couldn't give a monkeys about anyone else. And, you know, do I get extra bonus points if it looks like I care? And you can take it in caring, but you can take it in every part of your Christian life, actually, where there's this pull in two directions. And that's why it can be a challenge. That's why living the Christian life is not easy. One day that we will be completely renewed and we'll, the old nature will be overgone, we'll just be like Jesus. In the meantime, we're on this road and there, are this, there is this tension within us. So, how can we live this challenge? How can we face the challenge of living God's way? Well, there are three ways we can go in this passage. Here's the first one. Paul says, live the life of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, that's a good promise. 
Verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Paul is saying there is this tension, but we, as we walk with Jesus, as we follow him, uh, we, we kind of say, Lord, we need your help to live the way you want me to, to live. I don't feel like caring for this person. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I'm going to do it. I'm trusting that you're going to be there to help me with it. We're not on our own. We're not on some, you know, I'm not trying to be try really hard to pull against my old way. The Holy Spirit, God, the, the power of God is within me to help me. So we don't despair. Jesus really is changing us. And as we're aware of that, Paul talks here about walking, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. That's the idea when you walk, you take a step, and you take another step. I don't usually walk like this, but quite like this but not you know but you know it's like a step at a time isn't it and as we live the christian life it's a step at a time and it's each day we need to live with god asking him depending on him we thought about that last week didn't we to make the right choices to care for one another so part of caring is that we need to depend on the holy spirit to give us the heart to care And to be at work as we care for one another, as we share, as we encourage. We live by the Spirit. We live the life of the Holy Spirit. But we also live out the word. You see in chapter 6, verse 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We thought about that two weeks ago. Chapter 5, verse 13, where we started Use, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Verse 14, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. The law is the Old Testament kind of law there. What's Paul saying? Well, Jesus' word to his disciples was to love one another. He said that. He said, I give you one command, love one another. If you do that, everyone will see that you're my disciples. So there's Jesus' word to his disciples as we live out that word we care for one another we live out that word we live that our whole lives in in, in, kind of shaped by that word because the holy spirit uses the word to shape us that's how we know to live this way how would we know that you know that the acts what the acts of the flesh were were, what would we know what we shouldn't be up to if we didn't have verse 19 in front of us well we might have our consciences uh well we would have our consciences but sometimes they can trick us (laughs) and that's why we need something like the word of god to help us know what's the right way to live what pleases god what doesn't please him we live out the word we live by the spirit how we get changed. This combination of the life of the Holy Spirit, breathing his life into the word, into our lives. And as we care for one another, that includes sharing and living the word. How we help one another with some of those spiritual burdens. I don't mean we just say, oh, you feel lonely. Here, read that, you know, like a prescription. Um, we, but but we, we try and kind of pray sensitively the word into people's lives asking the holy spirit to lead us to help us in that there are times when i can't read it maybe i I know some people in the fellowship they can't make it on sundays somebody like olive olive who's in a in a care home now 
And sometimes she can't read the word. She's not well enough. So people like Meg and people from uh, the fellowship will visit Olive and read God's word to her. Straightforward thing. Sometimes we, need, we can't pray. Sometimes I, I, I can be ill or overwhelmed and I just find it very hard to pray for myself. I just can't do it. And another time, another believer can pray for me. Especially in times of great difficulty. We live out the word. And finally, we live for one another. Chapter 6, verse 1 gives us a lovely example of, of burden sharing in action. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Here the idea of being caught in a sin, that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean that you know, someone's going around snooping like you know, the religious police in Saudi Arabia and you, know, you catch someone in a sin. That's not, that's not it, no. It's the idea of, you know, I, I don't know whether you're like me, hope not. My, the worst time of year for me is when it's icy because I find it impossible to remain standing up on ice. I just don't know where my feet are or my center of gravity. I always fall over in ice. I have discovered a way to combat it, but I haven't got time to share with you right now. But anyway, uh, that is a problem. And this is the idea, you know, when you're, you know, when you're on ice, you just, you, you, you go. And that's, that's the word, it's slipping up. It, it's this sense of being overtaken. Suddenly, you know, something happens or there, there's a, a, a temptation overcomes you. And, and Paul's saying, people who live by the Spirit, that's, you know, all of us. Uh, and it's actually plural there that, that, you know, it's not, you know, just a one-to-one thing. But you know, we should have this attitude. If someone gets caught up or tripped up, then we want to help that person, not condemn them. And the idea of restoring, that's the point of it. And that, that word is like mending. It was a word that was used for bones being restored and put together again. Same word was used by, um, in the Gospels when it talks of the fishermen repairing, mending their nets, you know. It's, it's the idea of putting something back right. But it's a careful, it's a gentle kind of job. It's like being in casualty. You know, they don't rough you up in casualty, do they? They kind of look after you and they, you know, they won't even move your head until they know that you haven't broken your neck. So it's that sense of, of being gent- gentle to bring someone back into a, a, a healthier place. That's the picture. And sin can be like that. Suddenly we're overtaken by temptation. Or maybe we suddenly realize that something's wrong. We've been doing something, oh no. And it's, it's like a break in a bone or a tear in the net of our lives. We can be a bit like him, can't we? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Can we be put together again? Humpty Dumpty couldn't be. But this verse is saying... That our king's men, our king's women, can, empowered by the Holy Spirit, help us be put together again. But the verse says, verse 1, remember we're always vulnerable. So when we help others, we do so gently. We realize that, that we need to be careful that we're not tempted because we're all broken. We're all fallen. We're all um, vulnerable we're all forgiven and we're all being restored. So we live by the Spirit. 
we're aware of our weakness. We live out the word. We live for one another. We know that Jesus has set us free to serve one another in love. That's it. Because we're all people who started off, aren't we, enslaved, broken, guilty, helpless, failures. And we know what God has done for us. How he's loved us, he's cared for us, he's rescued us, he's restored us, he's putting us back together again. Now we can't pay God back for that, be an insult to him. But we can kind of pay it forwards for other people. We can live that out in our relations with with other people. And, And on this Sunday, adoption and fostering, we want to say we're going to support and welcome little people into our church family. We want to support those who welcome them and welcome them into their family because that's exactly what God has done for us. If you were to look at verses 8 to 10 in Galatians 6, you'll realize something quite interesting. It talks about sowing and reaping. It talks about sowing to the Spirit. And then in verse 9, it said, well, before that, it says, we can uh, sow to please the Spirit. From the Spirit, we will reap eternal life, verse 8. So it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. There's a promise of harvest if we don't give up. Doing good, caring for one another, it is not some subsidiary, less important activity to anything else. Actually, eternal life can come from it. Seems to me what those verses are saying. So that's why it's part of our core values, along with, as we shall see next week, mission, which is the outreach evangelism side of it. So what are you going to plant this week? What am I? Let's sow to the Spirit and pray that eternal life will be reaped.